foot enthusiasts, minimal footwear lovers, or anyone trying to fix your own feet, I'm heading to North Carolina this May to lead a live, in-person, three-day retreat all about feet. I'm going to be at the Art of Living Retreat Center, which is up in the mountains of North Carolina. It's so beautiful there. And are you ready to hear what I'm calling it? The retreat is called Healing Your Soul, a stepwise approach to building forever functional feet. That's so good, right? If you want to learn all about how to take care of the muscles, bones, joints, fascia, and nerves of the feet, and learn how strong feet and ankles relate to sustainable hips and knees, this event is for you. In addition to the classroom and movement time with me, you're on retreat. So there's delicious meals, a nature-rich campus that you can explore on foot, and plenty of time for rest and relaxation, all included. A retreat is a perfect way to care for yourself in the moment, but also in the future. You are coming to learn a massive toolkit of information. So whether you're a competitive runner, a dynamic ager, or a healthcare practitioner, this is a weekend full of movement for you and your feet. And like I said, you're gonna leave with a toolkit and a big swag bag that you can use to train your feet for life. For more information about the movement sessions, the food, the center, head to my website, nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. That's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. This is Katie B, and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy. It's the Katie Says Podcast, where movement geek Danny Hemmett joins biomechanist Katie Bowman, that's me, author of Move Your DNA, for discussions on body mechanics, movement nutrition, natural movement, and how natural movement can be the solution to modern ailments we all experience. And today's show is all about Ben. Ben is this guy who tagged Katie, you, on Twitter, and the tweet was, at Joe Rogan's convo with at Aligned and Well, legitimately changed my life. And then he included a link to his Facebook post that was this story. Oh my gosh, an amazing story. His story is amazing. We need to talk about it. We do. So that's what we're going to do today. We are, we are doing this show on Ben, but I would say even more so, the show's not really about Ben, right? It's about how his story made us all feel. Mm-hmm. I That story, I, I shared, you know, I retweeted it and then I shared his Facebook post, which is long. And I'm going to read, I'm going to read the bulk of it here shortly, but it got 30,000 views. Wow. I mean, like that's, and, and just people like the comments of people being super inspired. So I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it because, and I want to talk about it because one his story, of course, is super inspiring. He is super inspiring. Mm-hmm. But also because his um, story changed the way I feel about podcasts and podcasting. Which is cool. Right. Since because you, you already listen to podcasts and you're a podcaster, but to have, have this new outlook is, I want to hear about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me read a story first. Okay. Okay. So um, Ben's Canadian. So I guess I will use a Canadian accent. <laughs> <laughs> 
Going into 2015, I decided to get healthier. So I turned my New Year's resolution into a challenge. What would happen if I tried to walk 2,015 kilometers in 2015? And um, we should have converted that to miles. Mm, that would take me a while. Let's keep going. Whatever. Yeah, you guys can do that at home. Yeah. Uh, five There's an app for that. Five, five <laughs> kilometers is 3.2 miles, just in case anyone's wondering. Okay, anyway. Previously, and for about, oh, no, it was 3.1. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Previously, and for about a decade, I couldn't crack, quote, getting fit because beyond a crappy diet based on convenience over nutrition, the exercises I chose were too hard to integrate into my work-heavy schedule or too stressful on my out-of-shape body, leading to derailing injuries like shin splints, or they were kind of expensive and made me feel like a piece of shit when I abandoned gym memberships or exercise equipment. So this time around, I knew I had to change my approach in order to set myself up for success. This meant finding something I could easily slot into my schedule at different times each day and be doable every day in any weather and in any season was low impact on my body and basically free. So I decided to take up walking. I already like this guy. Mm -hmm. Anyway, at first I started with just a little bit of walking every day, like 20 minutes in the evening. Then I ditched the crappy TTC, which is um, Toronto's public transit system and started walking an hour a day to and from work. Then I started tracking both the pace and length of my walk with an app that gamified my walks and made me self-complete, wanting to outdo my previous week's numbers. Then on weekends, I'd pull my errands together and walk around the city, sometimes walking upwards of 35 kilometers in a single day. Before I knew it, I was walking anywhere from 100 kilometers to 170 kilometers each week, yada, 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 lots of walking. Anyway, today I noticed that I achieved slash surpassed my New Year's resolution of wanting to walk 2015 kilometers in 2015, and I did it six months quicker than I thought I would. I'm posting this note to inspire those who have struggled slash are struggling with trying to get healthier. You can do it. Trust me. This is coming from someone who never thought they could get fit slash would be fit again. Less than five months ago, I was totally out of shape. Honestly, I was resigned to the fact that fitness was something in my past while my present was just work and stress and obligations, etc. More importantly, you can get fit easily, as in it can be a pursuit that's easy on your schedule, easy on your body, and easy on your wallet, done by integrating just a little bit of natural movement into your lifestyle. You don't need gear. You don't need courses. You don't need private instructors. You don't need pills. You don't need boutique gyms. You just got to move. For me, walking was the simplest thing that I could do to get moving, but it has been powerfully transformative biomechanically, physically, and mentally because of what it ushered in. And he's going to list some things here that it ushered in. One, I lost 80 pounds in under five months. Naturally, it took diligence but wasn't hard. That said, to see results, you can't cut corners, which leads to my next point. Two, getting my heartbeat up inevitably inspired me to put crappy food down. Walking ushered in a new fascination with food, nutrition, and health, and this produced big results. Nutritious, whole, plant-based foods powered me to better health by giving my body what it needed for optimal operation. Three, putting in the work inspired me to put down the smokes and quit a pack-a-day habit, although I still love a few cigs a month. I believe in vices, but today it's about enjoying them in moderation versus being a slave to them. God, I love that. Four, because I exclusively listen to podcasts while walking, walking increased my curiosity, awareness, and knowledge. Listening to podcasts expanded my mind and inspired me. In turn, I feel more creative than I've ever felt. Around five. 
Five, walking around your community makes you feel more connected to your town, suburb, city environment. You see cool shit. You see terrible shit. You become less judgmental. You become more empathetic. You realize the privilege you have. You take less for granted. Six, walking, nutrition, and getting lost in podcasts relaxed me. Collectively, it has made me feel better in the head and mind and diminished the stresses that used to keep me up at night. Seven, when I ramped up my walking and started to master it, it gave me the confidence to try and master other athletic pursuits like swimming. Uh, I don't know, 14. I don't know what point I'm on. Getting in shape and attuned (laughs) to my body. (laughs) I should have numbered these. Getting in shape and attuned to my body inspired me to see a nutritionist and learn, inspired me to see a Cairo and learn, inspired me to try a sensory deprivation tank and learn, inspired me to try, is it nootropics? You know what? You don't, don't know. know. You don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know either. It's N O O T R O P I C S. So clearly, I, what I need to do I, is I live go in the learn. mountains. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like no. Well, he lives in Canada. Where? I don't. Is there a tropical Canada? <laughs> anyway, so he's learned these other things of which we're going to have to go do research after we're done, and no. maybe we can we can uh, we can uh, ask Ben and find out about what that means and. The pursuit of health becomes a pursuit of learning. And that, oh my gosh, I love this. I'm going to say it again. The pursuit of health becomes this pursuit of learning. And that's one of the coolest unforeseen outcomes I've experienced. An awesome barrage of information and knowledge that improves you as a human being. Health gives you energy. I never lacked energy. This is, this is critical. I never lacked energy when I was out of shape. And when I was unhealthy, I wasn't sick or apathetic, or unhappy. But now that I am in shape, I have what feels like an inexhaustible gas tank. That is awesome. I know. And it's just one of those things like if your whole, like it's all relative, how you feel is relative. So if at your mm-hmm. best compared to at your sickest, you know, there you understand it's like, I, you know, if you had flu, I'm on my low, I've been vomiting, I've been terrible. And I feel pretty good today. I'm at work and I don't have a headache or whatever compared to then this new experience. Like if you've never really experienced being someone who's walked everywhere and moved everywhere and felt really good, then you just kind of push the bar on your, what good feels like, but an inexhaustible gas tank, who doesn't want Mm -hmm. one of those, right? And when you have the juice to do more, you do more and therefore get so much more out of life. So getting fit gave me more happiness. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to share my story because we're all capable when we're ready and willing to break bad habits and improve ourselves. It's never too late. You're never too old. You just got to voluntarily arrive at a place in your life where you want to make a change and your willpower will carry you through the rest. If anything, just start with a few steps. They may cumulatively, I always have a hard time with this word. It's a tough one. Cumulatively, cumulatively. Say it for me real fast. Cumulatively. Cumulatively. They may cumulative. They may add up. Cumulatively. I'm just going to say they'll all these. I'm going to paraphrase Ben. They'll add up into carrying you to imaginable places like my initial steps did. (gasps) Ben. Wow. Ben. Ben. Man. Now, okay. and, And I, we should tell. The, the non 30,000 people who, who read his post. And so there's more to his post. He there goes is, on, yeah. he goes on to list a bunch of people that assisted him in this transformation. A lot, lot of gratitude. In a, that lot post. Of gratitude. a lot of gratitude. A lot of gratitude. Very cool. But also the picture. The yeah. Picture. There's pictures. So we're so, going to, we're going to give you information about where you can go to see the pictures, right? 
We'll put a link to that post in the show notes on Facebook. Great. Well, what did you love most about his post when you saw oh, it? Okay. Loved it all. I read it a couple times. The things I liked the most about what Ben put out there was how he simplified the process of, of getting better, of living a healthy life. You know, he didn't make it complicated. It was just very simple. It was just walk, you know, how he, how he went. It doesn't cost anything. You don't need equipment. You don't need gear. You don't need courses. I loved that. Mm. I mean, that could be like a tagline for life. And then he was how frank he was in his post, you know, just, he didn't pretty it up. He was just very matter of fact about this is what I did. This is how I felt. And I like that because I'm myself, I'm a bit of a frank talker. Mm. And I also liked how his use of podcasts added this whole new dimension to his movement, like making him, he always said it made it feel more creative than ever before. Yeah. That's just, I, that's so cool. What about you? What did you like? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I'm, you know, big about whole body, this idea of whole body, but I feel like his post expanded on, it's not a whole body transformation. It was a whole life Mm. transformation. So you know, we're like, do these exercises so you could be a better walker. And then, you know, walking is part of this whole body system. He changed his habitat. He changed so many things, but he really, I think, just started with a conscious change of a single thing, which then snowballed. So I, I like, I like that where taking a few steps ended up impacting these other areas that you wouldn't necessarily associate with walking, like creativity and connection to the community. I and love that part. Yes. The community part is so great because everybody has their head down. Yeah. And and just by going out and walking around, he he learned new things. He saw new things um, and learned about this place where he'd been living. And I just, that's, yeah. that's priceless stuff. I don't think you can really know an area until you walk through it. Like I, I, I lived in an area for seven or eight years driving. And it's only when I became almost an exclusive walker that I was like, I never knew these businesses were here. You know, it's so easy to drive from big box to big box to big box, but walking on these side streets, you just realize, wow, what people are capable. It opens it up, not to just, there's other stores here I didn't know. There are people with talents in my town that I could possibly be associating with that you just didn't even know. People whose gardens and art is all around you when you stop to see it. Yeah. When you drive down a street, you just see the front of a house. But when you walk down, you can walk down alleyways and see, you know, how people are living in their backyards. Yeah. It is cool. And you learn about streets you never knew about and pathways that, you know, you couldn't get to by a car. So yeah, it is a good way to know it. And I'm glad that he appreciates that so much. Well, and he just teased it out for it. He just saw it and his ability to articulate. But so right. just that. And then I, I liked his use of technology. Like he, um, I read someone's quote that they had put somewhere just a, it wasn't like a widespread quote. It was just some guy who was like, your use of technology should facilitate mm-hmm. your humanness, not remove you from it. And so he took a screen device, you know, there's all this like get off the screen, which, you know, I, I like that, but he used a screen to help restore some of his function. It didn't detract from it. It only added. And I like that use of technology. I was very inspired because I've been on this, how can I keep teaching about natural habitats and movement through these mediums of technology? Well, this is how, like, this is how you can, this, this person got better for technology I love that and his gratitude and then his use of technology to express gratitude. That's true. 
Yeah. And then his I mean, little, he didn't just tell the guy sitting next to him at lunch. No, he, he, no. he shared it with all of us. He did. And there's a lot of people out there who have Ben's, Ben, Ben, they have him in their minds, which I think is kind of right. cool. And anyway, and they use himself as a tool for inspiration. Like, you know, he is, Ben's a technology. Ben became a technology of inspiration. Ben's awesome. Ben is rad. Ben is cool. And you didn't read this because you're just awesome and you're not a horn tutor, but in his thank you, so he has this huge list of thank yous. And at the very end of this list of gratitude, he says, lastly, a huge shout out to biomechanist Katie Bowman, whose articulation of, is it mechanobiology? On Joe Rogan's podcast was the eureka moment this past January that kicked my ass into gear. So you were on Joe Rogan's podcast. It was a three hour. (laughs) It is just phenomenal that you did that. It was a three hour podcast with Joe Rogan. Yeah. And, and you can watch it too, which is great. You know, it was, you could just listen or watch. And, um, that's, that's what he said was his Eureka moment. And I have actually arranged for Ben to just join us briefly on this podcast. Yay. Yeah, I know. And I'm so, so excited. it's many things. One, Ben will be our very first guest that we've had. We've been doing this a year. And so he he marks our the beginning of our second year as our very first guest ever. And and then we can just ask him some things that, you know, either weren't all explained in his his missive online or just ask him whatever you want to know. So Ben, are you there? I am here. Hello. Hi. Thank Hi, you ben. so much for coming and talking with us. Thank you for having me. I just have this big old smile on my face because just what you did and what you wrote and shared, uh, there's there's no way to get around it. It makes a big smile. It's amazing. I never thought it would have kind of the reverberations that it does, <laughs> but it obviously makes me really happy to think that, you know, some little note that I thought would just be shared by or read by friends and family is, you know, traveling around the world and inspiring people. Yeah, it's great. Very inspiring. The Joe Rogan podcast, let's talk about that for a second. Were you a regular listener already to his stuff? Yeah, I would say uh, I started getting into podcasting last summer. I've always been like an avid reader of um, of books and, you know, big fan of documentaries. And I started just listening to podcasts last year. And it pretty much started just going on to the iTunes store and just seeing what the kind of highest ranked podcasts were. And his were up there. I tried a few out. Uh, I became a fan of his conversational style and the range of uh, guests that he had, you know, from comedians to people in the science world and just started listening every week and was on public transit where uh, I think January 2014, very early on, probably the first two weeks of the year where I heard Katie appear on the show. Yeah. And that's when she did it too. It was yeah. in January. Wow. Um, so is that how you find your podcasts is just kind of... Yeah, I think like... When I first started, I would just kind of go through search tools uh, just on iTunes. But now talking to people who know that I'm a fan will suggest different podcasts. And then um, it obviously has like a search field in iTunes where you can type in subjects or people's names. So it could be a philosopher Mm -hmm. or a theme that interests you. And then it will either find shows or episodes based on that. So what I like about it is like quite explorative. You can hop around, um, you know, podcasts don't come, don't cost anything. So if you don't like anything, you just have to delete it. I really liked your commentary too, Ben, um, about podcasts being free content. I never really thought about that, but you, of course, you come from the music world, right? Yeah, I come from, I work, uh, you know, I'm quite a busy person. I work as a creative director for a marketing agency in Toronto and then work in the 
music world where there's obviously been a paradigm shift with piracy mm-hmm. and, you know, free videos on YouTube and whatnot. And I think once you start to get into podcasting, I mean, there's weeks where I walk up to like 24 hours in a week and I consume 24 hours of content. And when I think of like the breadth of content that's out there and the depth of which, you know, people discuss topics like Katie yourself, you know, having gone to school, all your education gets distilled into an hourly podcast and I get to benefit from that. And it's free. It's really incredibly powerful when you really think about all the effort that people put in there, put out in the world and all the information. So I'm a big fan of podcasting and, you know, in turn supporting podcasters that are making fantastic content. Yeah, I it really changed. I just never thought about it before. It was just it was I started podcasting. I asked Danny if she would do a podcast with me because blogging was making me sit and look at a screen more where podcasting has a little bit more freedom, but I just never really thought about it. It's yes, that's what you're doing is you are you're putting it out there and people can download it and own it forever. These mm-hmm. your ideas and and your edu- you know, like you said, I'm taking my education and my experience and putting it in, it just, it just made me appreciate what I do more, you know, cause you get your, I'm producing so much. I just kind of don't really think it's like, I wish I could actually, I don't think of the podcast as a product when I'm done because it's just out there, you know, we just do it and publish it and then on to making dinner, you know, or, what else, or whatever <laughs> else I have to do for the day. But I listen to other podcasts all of the time as ways to fulfill my desire for information. And so I just wanted to say thank you to all the people out there who make podcasts. Yes, and thank ben, you. Ben, what are your, like if you could list off four or five of your favorite podcasts, what are they? Oh gosh, it's kind of hard to be held yeah, to the yeah. point. Um, coming from a music background, I, there's a podcast out of California called 100 Words or Less, which just kind of profiles people from the punk community telling really interesting stories uh, I think The Moth is an incredible podcast, which is live storytellers that are unedited. Storytellers from all walks of life telling funny stories, sad stories. It's the one program I've listened to that you can laugh and cry within the span of an mm-hmm. hour. Uh, Radio Lab is someone who doesn't have a strong background in mathematics or science. Radio Lab's a phenomenal show that um, presents scientific stories in a real like palatal, entertaining, kind of quirky kind of way. And then last but not least, I think, you know, This American Life, which I think is a real um, beacon of podcasting, very high production value in terms of the storytelling and the editing. You know, they've been doing it for a long time and they do it in a master way, essentially profiling different eccentric kind of American stories. Mm-hmm. Is there a This Canadian Ooh. Life? I, there might be, but I feel like <laughs> in Canada, we always kind of grow up in the shadow of everyone else. And so you're just kind of forced <laughs> to consume so much Canadian content that I use, you know, podcasts as a way to kind of uh, listen in on different conversations in, in other countries. So that's what Ooh. I like about it. I, I like this podcast conversation. I want to know, Katie, uh, what are your five favorite podcasts? Uh, I don't even know if I listen to five. Um, I am too a big fan of This American Life. And I would say my favorite this American Life episode is when they did one on Canadians about how Canadians see themselves relative to the rest of the world. So if you haven't listened to that one, all my Canadian friends listen to that one. It's good. Um, Serial, right? Serial was the big. Did you did you get on the Serial wave, Danny? Oh, I did not. What? Do I, I know. I uh, know. Well, it's there. It's there. I've anytime. heard of it. I just haven't gone there yet. Yeah. Well, you can just go there much faster than everyone else who had to wait the whole time. Like you can just binge serial oh, listen. Really? Oh, yippee. Um, for actual, for using a podcast in the way 
that people probably use this podcast is the modern modern farm girls because you know we you know we moved into a rural area bought a farmhouse and and there's just all these things that I don't know anything about like composting and gardening and animal husbandry and I have just found instead of doing what I used to do which would have been going to the library or ordering a book on poultry, which I still do a little bit. I can just listen to it while I'm walking and it's Mm -hmm. fun. And I laugh, you know, a lot and hear these people's stories. Like there's one thing about listening to an expert, like try to describe something technical, but what I like about radio lab and, and um, the moth, which I also love, you know, a lot are just the ability to make a story out of it, to make learning enjoyable. Like you're just sitting down with friends who are explaining something to you while you're getting something else done. I love that. What about you? For me, yeah, I love the moth um, as well. That's just stories are my favorite thing ever. I love stories, and um, of course, Radio Lab and one called Grammar Girl because I'm a giant word nerd, and you can just learn so much in that five minutes that you spend with Grammar Girl. But there's one that is not very well known, but I just love, and I think Ben, you might have mentioned that somewhere, but it was Invisibilia. Do you still did you listen to all those? Yeah, I think I consumed it like regularly as it came out. I think they took a break in production and haven't rebooted yet. But yeah, I thought it was once again, kind of like Radiolab, just an interesting Mm -hmm. entry point to science if you're not scientifically minded. Exactly. So what is that? What's Invisibilia? Invisibilia is all about the the science of things we can't see. So they talk a lot Mm. about, you know, psychological things and, but it's just very well done. Is it, I don't know if it's produced by Radiolab or the This American Life if it's an offshoot of that, but it is the production value is awesome. And it's just great. You learn so much. So great stories. Awesome. Invisibilia. Okay. Those, I mean, there's so many podcasts out there and that's something that we can all, you know, share as well. We'll talk about at the end of the show. I have a couple of questions for Ben. Do you, can we ask you a couple of quick questions before you have to go? Absolutely. Okay. Katie, may I go first? Because I got to know this. Do it. I got to know. Okay, so this, the Joe Rogan show, you said that that was, you know, a a eureka moment. Do you remember exactly what you heard during that podcast that just went, you you know, slap your forehead and go, oh, yeah. I don't know if there was one like salient point um, that lit the light bulb off. It was just the common sense of Katie's kind of articulation of the need for moving. And when I kind of really thought about it after the fact and like an evolutionary sense of humans as being like hunter gatherers and just looking at my lifestyle at that specific moment where I was always kind of at a desk or sitting on the couch, uh, just was really illuminating kind of how unnatural um, modern lifestyles are in terms of how they lack movement. Okay. That's what it does to me too. That was my eureka moment listening to her. Um, And then you also mentioned an app that you use to kind of up your walking game. What is that app? I use an app called uh, RunKeeper, which I think, once again, I just found online. I did try out the Nike app, but didn't find it to be too intuitive. And RunKeeper is just a simple app that you almost use in a manual way. So when you start your walk, you kind of hit the equivalent of a start. Mm -hmm. And when you end your walk, you hit the equivalent of a stop. And it just kind of tracks the length of your watch using some kind of map technology and then, you know, can calculate calories burnt in relation to kind of distance, pace, and uh, obviously the information about your specific body, like your height and weight. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. We'll get that in the show notes too. And well, 
I'm good. I don't want to take up all the time, Katie. Well, I just had my, the one part that I, that resonated with me, uh, a lot of parts did, but the one part I thought that was interesting. And I think that a lot of people out there, it will, it either did resonate or will resonate with them is this idea that, I mean, you're young. How old are you? If you don't mind me asking. I'm 33. Okay. So you're young, but yet you had quote already, you were resigned to the fact that fitness was in your past and your present was work and stress and obligations. And what I'm most interested in would be, do you have like a range in your life? It doesn't have to be the day that you're like, I'm going to work and I'm going, you know, like I am now someone who has a job. Is it just coinciding with I'm someone who has to work now? I'm not a a youth who has free time and I'm a worker bee now. And that doesn't lend itself to movement. What was, if you can recollect that phase of your life when you moved into not being a mover, but then also why 2015? What was the moment where you were really like, and now I am not, I am no longer resigned to being someone who is always at work and always at stress and always under this uh, load of constant obligations. Do you have any insight to that? Totally. I think like my my natural curiosity is kind of like a double-edged sword. It's what keeps Mm -hmm. me like inspired in life, but my curiosity has led me to take on a lot of like professional commitment. So I work quite a busy job as a marketing director at an agency in Canada. And on top of that, uh, I run like a record label and I publish a little quarterly and I take photos. So just having all these different tasks kind of cobbled onto me just meant that I was working a lot of hours mm. uh, and was stuck like at a desk or or whatnot. So uh, in 2014, I was brought back to Toronto to uh, start a new agency. And what I found really inspiring is that I started working with millennials who I feel get quite a bad rap online. But what I thought was incredibly fascinating about a lot of my young colleagues was just how health oriented they were, like watching people work at computers and stand up and using weird ergonomical mouses uh, to just their <laughs> commitment to being really wholesome and what they consumed. And we'd go to work events and they'd be like, oh, sorry, I'm only going to have two drinks. I got to go home and get rest. And I was like, this is so amazing. And that kind of made me feel old. You know, I'm sure everyone existentially has this moment where you realize like <laughs> your young generation has been bumped one over and now there's a young generation. So uh, moving to a new town and being surrounded by new younger colleagues definitely inspired me. And there was just a bunch of different inputs that kind of overlapped and inspired me to start getting move, moving. So it was, you know, working with colleagues who were running to seem as millennials, just standing up and typing and eating Brazil nuts to just a bunch of the information I was getting podcasts. And then you just get to a point once you arrive um, at wanting to get healthy where there's no more excuses left. Um, there's sensible forces driving you. And at that point, when you have the will, it'll, it'll carry you through. Wow. wow. So it was literally changing your environment that led you to changing your environment in a way. <laughs> yeah. I, had been, I had been living in Montreal for seven years and I don't want to badmouth Montreal because culturally it's a beautiful place, but it is a total indulgent town mm-hmm. uh, where it feels like sometimes you're in the 16th century where there's a lot of red wine at dinner and very like rich foods. And I love that joie de vivre, that love of life. Um, but moving to Toronto, I definitely was surrounded by more healthy people. And I never thought um, that environmental factors could 
have such an effect. You know, I'd always be like, well, I'm sure I'd be unhappy if I was in jail in Siberia, but moving between two domestic cities wouldn't change that much. But I was actually surprised at uh, how much environment and especially just people and information around me, you know, through osmosis kind of really greatly affected uh, my lifestyle. So would you say that as someone who is extremely busy, who had lots of work tasks, did you become any less successful at your job by carving out more of your life for movement? You know, it's funny. I would say uh, my apprehension and getting fit was always like, I don't have the time. This is going to take away from the hours that I can put to my job. But I find that the hours I put into moving in turn give me like unexpected forces that make me uh, smarter, more responsive, have a longer gas tank. So uh, I think there's like so many mixed messages out in society that try and keep you in stasis, try and keep you like consuming bad foods. Uh, And if you can break free of that and, you know, find health and wellness, it'll unlock you in unimaginable ways and make you, you know, more successful and happier. And I know that sounds very new age, but I can't reiterate enough to listeners. Like five months ago, I was lying on my couch, probably with a large pizza on my chest, watching Game of Thrones, you know, sword of the touch. And my experience has been transformative just through walking. Wow. Wow. I love it. Well, that is your transformation. You can call it whatever you want, but it's the fact that you shared it, I think gives it even more power, you know, not just for you, but for so many people that just don't know where to start, what to do. Uh, I'm too old or, you know, I can't. So just your generosity and putting that out there, it means a lot. And I want to thank you for sharing that on Facebook and for calling out to Katie so that we knew about you and, and for coming on and talking to us and being our first guest ever. Yeah. Thank you, Ben, so much. Thanks for the initial tweet and, and for sharing so openly is great. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right. Well, take care and keep us posted, okay? Will do. Thank you. Bye, Ben. Take care. Bye. So Ben's awesome. Yeah, that was, wow. I guess I got to thank you inadvertently for, you know, talking and and changing That'll be the first time ever. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're good at it. Do you know how many times I've been told to be quiet in my life? So many times. But how crazy is that to get a a post like that? Yeah. You know, that's, that's something. That's really... Because you're not just touching that one life, you know, by him doing that and being so generous. You just, it's, it's a whole lot of, of people that maybe might look at getting well or feeling better differently now. And that's maybe something we should wrap up this podcast with because we're almost at time is that those, those simple behavior changes, all he did was take off walking, right? Yeah. And, and I think he hit on a really couple key points. And I think that a, a many people still are approaching, you know, what we talk about in the same way that he initially thought of as like, I'm a very successful, busy person. I'm I'm successful, whether it's at work or parenting or whatever, volunteering or whatever it is that you do that you allot a bulk of, a, a bulk of your time with, whatever you're seeing as what defines you, you know, whatever that is, Mm -hmm. people don't want to pull time away from that, right? Because it's logical to assume if you're going to be doing it less, then you will become less successful. But I think why I asked Ben that question specifically is because I myself have found the opposite to be true, that 
the amount of time I spend working is full of dead space, dead where I'm dead creatively, where I'm dead mentally, where where it takes me a very long time to accomplish a thing because it my mind is sluggish. You know, he's you end up I ended up I end up working better when my movement time is greater than my or it doesn't have to be greater than my work time, but is greater than what it was before. And right. instead of trying to go, okay, well, I don't, I don't have enough time to exercise. It's like, you're not adding exercise time. You do not have to do anything to your exercise time. He took the time that he was normally riding the subway to work to just walk to work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he, he figured out a way to replace his laying on the couch with a pizza watching Game of Thrones which is not such a bad plan occasionally. There's not, yeah, there's nothing wrong with pizza and a couch in the Game of Thro- Thrones. But And I didn't even know what the Game of Thrones was. I hate to even put that out there, as you know, as you <laughs> were a part of that conversation. Oh. But that there's, you know, we need rest. But at the same time, it's hard to um, parse the sensations coming from your body, is it that I need to rest or am I sluggish because I haven't moved at all? You know, it's like sloth breeds more sloth, you know, so then it just, you get in a cycle of just, oh, I just need to keep sitting here and I just need to keep sitting here and I don't feel good. So I'll rest. But sometimes getting up and moving through, you'll find that there's more energy on the other side from expending energy, which I know seems counterintuitive, but just do it. And you're likely to experience what it is that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad we got to talk with him today. Me too. And so, and, and in honor or to give a shout out to his use of technology, let's throw in a little of our own. If you want to reach out to Ben via Twitter, when I mean, we'll have this in the show notes, but you can get him at Ben Pobjoy. That's B-E-N-P-O-B-J-O-Y. So it's at Ben Pobjoy. If you want to give him a shout out or some props, and you can also reach out to us on Twitter. So Katie is at Aligned and Well, and I am at Restore Movement. So a huge thanks to Ben for taking the time to share this and talk with us today, because I'm sure it's inspired tons of people. I mean, like you said, it was, what, 30,000 views? Yeah, that was just in the first right. week, so I don't even know what and it is And it keeps now. popping up here and there. I mean, it's it's great. He's all over the world. I know, Ben. And we'll put that link to his Facebook post in the show notes as well as the podcast list and things like that. So I have an interesting bit, though, real quick as we go out. my Absolutely. I had a friend who was like, you know, the most interesting thing I found about that post was how his tattoos looked. Because he has a lot of cool tattoos, as does my friend. You know, she said, I, I would have assumed that losing so much weight would have changed the shape of the tattoo. And she said it didn't. They held perfectly as they moved over. And I've had a conversation with other people where they're afraid to change the shape of their body because they're worried that it's going to affect their tattoo. So I just thought that was interesting. No, that's funny. My Actually, I had my husband read the post and the first thing he said after awesome was, Whoa, his tattoos look awesome. I know. So, yeah, they got very defined. And 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 someday we got to do a show on skin. Yeah? yeah let's do skin. Skin, sure. skin. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. For more information, you want to find out more about us, books, online classes, you can find Katie at katiesays.com. 
And you can learn more about me, Danny, uh, Hemet, Movement Warrior and Mistress of Puns at MoveYourBodyBetter.com. You can follow <laughs> us both on Facebook. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. That's it. Sweet. We hope you find the general information on biomechanics, movement, and alignment informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and shouldn't be used as such. 